0: Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Back like we never left. We have officially moved past the embarrassment that was Sunday in the Meadowlands. New test. (laughs) A lot harder test, especially offensively here. Maybe not so much defensively, but we're in for one in terms of what the Dolphins present offensively. So uh, we're going to preview that game, finish it with top 10 teams in the league, top 5 MVP candidates, but let's just start where everybody's probably thinking most and what is the injury status for the Eagles going in to what is on paper and off paper in reality Their most difficult test of the season, even though they just lost to the Jets, which was their most difficult test of the season, clearly. Um, And let's just start at the top with Lane Johnson. Looks like Lane's going to play. And that is humongous because we saw what happened when Jack Driscoll went in. Now, again, if you watch the All-22, was Jack Driscoll good? Obviously, he was incapable to be fair, I mean, that's just what it was. He, he was incapable to play. Did anybody else on the offense? Like, go to the interception play. It was funny. I watched that. Suho Peta just gets bull rushed. Like, literally, put on his ass. So this whole suo Peta movement, he's good. Cam Jurgens is so much better than him, it's not funny. But again, we drafted a guy in the third round who can't play right guard or right tackle for the Eagles, clearly makes you wonder about the pick. Landon Dickerson didn't play well. Kelsey played good, I thought. Milada didn't play well. The Jets defensive line beat the living piss out of the Eagles offensive line. And anybody out there who wanted to say, run the ball more, they had to run the ball more. Yeah, running the ball more only works when you can run it successfully. You know what's funny? The whole run the ball more movement, the best part was Jason Kelsey himself said, hey, I have to just stand up and say, we can't run the ball more. If you're not doing it successfully, you can't just run the football more. And they weren't doing it successfully. So, important, important that Lane Johnson plays. And we're very fortunate that it looks like he did not get seriously injured in that game. Um, it's an ankle sprain. I mean, Lane's as tough as there is. But, I mean, the last three years, when Lane's missed games, right? We were 2-7 and seven in 2020, 1-3 in 21. And one and one in 2022. And by the way, that would have been a lot more than one and one because the fact that he played in the playoffs stuns me what a torn abductor. So Lane's an all time great player. Unfortunately, he has been riddled with injuries. And it's amazing that he plays like, for him to miss games shows you how hurt he gets. Like, he doesn't just get minor injuries because this guy will play through anything. Like, these are severe injuries. And for him to still be this good, dealing with all those injuries, everything over the years accumulating, just a testament that he is the best lineman in football. Now, who else is going to play? Well, uh, guys that are out. Reed Blankenship hasn't practiced all week. My guess is he's out. Yes, right? That's big. We're already out, Justin Evans. So there's your two starting safeties are out. So my guess is the safeties are going to be uh, Sidney Brown, who was full participant in practice. Hey, a draft pick finally, right? And Terrell Edmonds. I will guess Makai Garner is elevated from the practice squad. Or Tristan McCollum. Whichever one of those guys. I mean, they're going to bring somebody up. He'll be the third safety. And then my other guess would be that the newly signed Josiah Scott will be... Because remember, he was cross-trained last year as a safety, and as, you know, our slot corner. So my guess is he's going to go back into that role as well and be safety depth for this team. Now, to sign Josiah Scott, they waived Mario Goodrich. And Mario Goodrich was our slot corner. My guess is Mario will be somebody that they try to put back on the practice squad. If they haven't already, I didn't even, to be fair, I I should have checked that. I I do know that they like Mario Goodrich. So let's just see here. What happened with Mario? I don't think they announced anything on him. But you know what I mean? That's the beautiful thing here with the internet that I probably should have checked two seconds before I put on this show. Oh yeah, and he has been re-signed to the practice squad 12 hours ago. So yeah, Mario Mario Goodrich cleared waivers. They got him back where they wanted. And that's something that I could have predicted was going to be able to be done anyway. Um, But hey, it's not the worst thing for Mario Goodrich. He got some taste here in the NFL. It's obviously he needs a lot to work on, but again, the best experience is playing experience and at least he has some, so he could develop. It's not like you quit on Mario Goodrich because in his second season, um playing the slot uh position which he never played before and you know, struggling a little bit. That means he's a terrible no, that doesn't mean anything at all. It means he's a lot to work on, but at least he's aware of it. And he's going to be around, and the Eagles still believe in him because guess what? If they didn't, he wouldn't be on the practice squad. Trust me. They, they're not putting guys on the practice squad that they think can't ever help this team. In fact, there's a shot Mario Goodrich is elevated this weekend. I'm not even kidding. Like, he might go over Makai Gardner. I'm being honest. But I do know there's going to be another guy elevated because he's on the practice squad right now, and his name is Julio Jones. Right Way to bury the lead. The Eagles signed Julio Jones. And I love it. I love it for this. If you followed me in the offseason, I wanted the Eagles to draft Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Number one, not because, I mean, I didn't really think Jalen Carter was going to be a possibility. Because the Eagles had the 10th pick. I wanted Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. And the reason I wanted one him is because, one, he's an elite slot receiver. But the Eagles were very weak at wide receiver. Because beside or behind A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, they didn't have anybody else who could play outside. So Quez Watkins, in my dream scenario there, was going to be essentially your backup outside receiver. Not an excellent option because, you know, Quez is more of a speedster. But regardless, at least he could play outside. Uh, right now, with Quez on IR, who could play outside if A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith get uh, taken out of a game? What, Britton Covey? I mean, you're relying on Olamide Zaccheaus? Devin Allen? That's who's been called up. Julio Jones could play outside. And let me tell you this. Julio Jones could play inside as well. Here's my thing. Julio is what? Six, what? Three? 230? 220? He's a big, big guy. Like, this guy is imposing. And if he plays in the slot... The general size of a slot corner is about, what, five nine, five ten tops, 175, 185 pounds. They're not big guys. Put him in the slot. And I'm telling you what's going to end up happening is they're going to have to divert some more attention to the slot because the slot rece- or a slot corner cannot body up Julio Jones. It's just not going to happen. And if they have to start diverting attention to the slot position to cover Julio Jones, and by the way, that could also be Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown because, again, remember Nick Sirianni said he hates labeling receivers X, Y, and Z, that they all should be able to go anywhere. And to be fair, A.J.'s lined up in the slot, Devontae has as well. But if Julio does it and they got to divert attention to stopping him in the slot or putting a body with him so he doesn't abuse who's covering him, that means a less defender is on Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, or Devontae Smith. It makes Jalen Hurts' job a lot easier. I love getting Julio here. Again, I am not going to be naive. I know it's not five years ago. I know you're not getting prime Julio Jones. Don't need prime Julio Jones. And by the way, I also think that people are underrating Julio Jones. I think a lot of teams just said, Ah, he's an older guy. We're done after the Bucks year, or whatever. They look at his numbers. Well, look at his tape. And again, I mean... Yes, he's dealt with injuries these last three seasons and that's probably the biggest reason why teams were probably balking at the idea of bringing Julio Jones in because he was oft injured. But I'm happy to have him here. I really am. And I'm telling you, he is going to help if he could stay on the field, which again, clearly is the biggest issue with him right now. And I'm going to I'm gonna say he does. I'm really going to believe in Julio here because I think this is a major, major opportunity for him and it's obviously a major, major need for the Eagles. Now, in regards to other injuries, like Bradley Roby, looks like, I I told you, he's going to be out. So your slot corner in this game might be Josiah Scott. Because, like I said, Mario Goodrich was waived. So Eli Ricks being up helps. Uh, This is a tough spot for the Eagles, considering they're going against, you know, obviously one of the best passing offenses in the league, one of the best running offenses in the league. And a guy who plays in the middle there for them, um, what's his name, Tyreek Hill. He'll play slot. He'll play outside. Jalen Waddle, same thing. They got elite speed. Yay. Yay. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the Dolphins in a second here. But the other guys to watch that were on the injury report this week, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, uh, they were limited today in practice. They didn't practice on Wednesday, but looks like they're trending towards playing, which is clearly huge for the Eagles. And the Eagles will be wearing their Kelly Green jerseys. So everybody can get excited for it. Hey, I'm glad they are because they need some juice. They need anything that's going to give them some juice in this game. Now, what do the Dolphins do to the Eagles, right? Oh, by the way, Darius Slay, Jalen Carter, full participants, no injury designation right now on them. They're going to be good to go. Eli Ricks, good to go, which is helpful. Um, but I want to talk now about the game itself because... The Dolphins are the number one scoring offense in the NFL. And I knew two years ago when we played them in the preseason, or yeah, was it last season? I'm sorry, in the preseason. I know it was against our third string guys, but I watched their offense and I just thought, these guys have scheme, concept, everything that just works. They're, they're going to be a problem. If their quarterback stays healthy, they're a problem. And as long as Tua has stayed healthy, they've been a problem. I mean, he's. here's the thing about Tua. Um, does he have the biggest arm? No. Does he throw the ball outside the numbers the way you'd hope for? Like somebody who's got a Patrick Mahomes. No, he doesn't. Their throwing offense is inside the numbers. That's a lot of crossing routes. But what they do is they get the ball out of, uh, out of his hands so quickly because their offensive line is banged up. Teron Armstead isn't playing. You, know what I mean? like, you look at it and you go, it's not a great unit. Our defensive line can win. Tua has been hit less than any quarterback in the NFL. He's been pressured less than any quarterback in the NFL this season because he gets the ball out of his hands. McDaniel has this offensive system in place that is next level. They use motion more than any team in the NFL. You know why you use motion? You can't press motion. So these guys that they have at wide receiver that may not be the biggest guys, but they are the fastest guys, well, guess what? They're getting clean releases because he's moving them in motion and they're able to get off the line of scrimmage clean. You know what motion also indicates? Coverage. And again, that helps a guy who's trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly like Tua Tagovailoa I mean I'm telling you right now like they're running it's weird because if you watch their run game the dolphins it's a lot of outside zone I thought they were going to be a lot of insides no it's a lot of outside zone they try to get their running backs on stretch runs again he McDaniel is brilliant. he plays to the strength of his team. He doesn't believe his offensive line is able to just consistently beat somebody's defense line and that again, it's the NFL that's going to be what it is a lot of times like you can't be strong in every area, but he knows how to scheme around his team's weaknesses perfectly. The goal for the Eagles is to somehow get to it to have to hold the ball and pat it. Because if you make him have to go to read two, three, four, not that he's not a capable quarterback, because he is, but the thing is, their offense isn't designed that way. That's where you can get them uncomfortable. The Bills did it. The Bills did it to a T when they beat them up a couple weeks ago. But I mean, that was more of an anomaly. Because the Dolphins, are, they're an exceptional team. I knew it last year they were going to be really good. This coach is, he, he really is, he's brilliant. He, in my opinion, is maybe the best offensive coach in the league. Like, they're ske- like everything the Dolphins do marries what they want to be. They want to be fast, they play fast. You know what I mean? Like, you can have fast guys and not play fast. Like, the Eagles don't play fast. And by fast, I mean I'm not saying run to the line of scrimmage or run a play with 30 seconds on the play clock. No, I'm talking play fast. Like each play, you are coaching to and scheming to the speed of the players you have on the field. That's what they do. Motion. Outside zones for their running backs who are speedsters. Raheem Mostert. We're we're fortunate in regards to Devin Chan's not playing. Because that guy is the ultimate speedster. From Texas A&M. Their rookie who was like shattering the yards per uh, carry uh, record right now. The one thing that could hurt Miami in this game, and I'm being honest, this is a major thing. It's probably not been talked about a lot. I don't know what the temperature is going to get down to in Philadelphia. But remember, they're in Miami. It's 80 degrees and sunny and, and it's perfect weather. Coming here and trying to play fast in 40 degrees is a little different. I mean, I don't think it's going to get that cold, so I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue, but it's something to monitor, and the weather too, I mean, I don't think it's going to rain, but I think it could be very windy, which, again, I think hurts the Eagles, to be honest, just as much as it would potentially hurt Miami. Now, Miami is beat up on defense, I don't know what Xavier Howard's status is going to be, if he doesn't play, but hey, we just played the Jets without their three best corners, and... It didn't matter. Miami has a good defensive line. They're quick at linebacker. I mean, they're a very good team. They have a brilliant defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. If you don't think this is going to be a test, you're a fool. Now, I think everything you say here, it goes, well, Miami's going to beat the Eagles. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Eagles are going to win the game. I I really sincerely think the Eagles are going to win this game. And I, this isn't me saying this because I think the Dolphins are overrated. or I, I think the Dolphins are as advertised. I just think that this is one of those moments where you have to stand up and respond. If you want to be a Super Bowl team, you stand up and respond. And I, I think the Eagles are a team that is built on standing up and responding. And I think the quarterback, uh, specifically Jalen Hurts, Like I said, watch the All-22. Jalen Hurts did not play the worst game of his career. I love how people are labeling that from the thing. Was he number one on my list for why we lost? Of course, because he melted in the biggest moments of the game. Sure. But I mean, to say he played his worst game is foolish. He was excellent for about 50 minutes of it. Excellent. Three interceptions is the fakest stat of all time. They literally, now when you look at the plays again... It was legitimately, he threw one interception. Yeah, it concerns me that the Jets knew exactly where he was going to throw the ball. They gave him a look and fooled him. Yeah, obviously, it's very concerning. He should be above this. But if there's one thing I know about Jalen Hurts, it's that this guy is the hardest worker in the room. And I'm expecting the Eagles to come out here with some fight. Now, before we get out of here, let's go over the top 10 teams I have currently in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, I could keep talking about what this is, but it, in regards to the Eagles, and I, I don't even want to talk about the last game. AJ's playing out of his mind, obviously, as a wide receiver right now. I just, I'm telling you, I I think the Dolphins' defense is not the strongest unit. It's not the Jets. It really, it's they're not the Jets. They don't need to be the Jets. The way they play offense, they don't need to be the Jets. But the Eagles need to show up and play offense better than the Dolphins do, obviously, to win the game. And the Eagles have the ability to do so. Don't think they don't. You know, hey, like, I get it. You got Tyree Kill. You got Jalen Waddell, Raheem Mostert. You know, Cedric Wilson, like they got weapons at every position. Two is a weapon. But we have Jalen Hurts, we have DeAndre Swift, we have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. A better offensive line. And oh yeah, Julio Jones now. Now, top 10 teams in the league. 10th this week. I still went with Seattle, and I know people are a little sour on Seattle, and I know Geno Smith is starting to get questioned up there, but I can't really criticize a team for losing to Cincinnati in Cincinnati, who's probably going to be eventually on this top 10 as well. But I mean, they had to go to New York, they had to buy, then they go to Cincinnati. So it's like been two long plane trips there in three weeks. It almost seemed like it was a schedule loss. Ninth, I went with the Baltimore Ravens, like could easily be potentially 6 and 0 you know they gave one away to the Colts they gave one away to the Steelers they went to London last week and they beat the Titans and hey they're 4 and 2 eighth i went with the Dallas Cowboys big response from the Cowboys Monday night you know they they Chargers <laughs> that's a a team that should be a lot better than what they end up being is the Chargers you know, it's it, their coach is on the ultimate hot seat. But Dallas, hey, that was a on the road prime time game after just getting stuffed in prime time. Hats off, good for them. And again, people are like, oh, you, I, you don't want it to be easy. Easy doesn't breed champions. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys being a threat to the Eagles is a good thing. You want to be constantly pushing to be better. That's how you win in the NFL. Seventh, I went with the Buffalo Bills, who easily could have lost to the Giants on Sunday night. Should have probably lost. I mean, the freaking Giants gave points away at the end of the first half by you know leaving the ball at the one-yard line with no timeouts. Had a chance to win it from the one-yard line at the end of the game and didn't get it done. Sixth, I went with the team that's playing here on Thursday night, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're playing really good now. And Travis Etienne is playing at another level. Just imagine if Calvin Ridley gets uh, woken up. Fifth, I went with the Kansas City Chiefs. And the reason I have the Chiefs uh, at five and not higher is because, just like the Eagles, they're flirting with losses every week. You know, they didn't play good against Denver. At all. And like the Eagles were flirting with losses, eventually one gets you. It's like it seems like eventually something's gonna get this team. Fourth, I went with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's it's a terrible loss. Four is being generous. It really is. But again, I still believe in the talent on the team. I really do. And I believe in the the leaders on this team to get past the embarrassment that was on Sunday. Because if not, we got a lot more to talk about. We're going to have a lot more to explode on. I can promise you that. Three, I went with the team we're playing, the Miami Dolphins. There you go. I got Miami ranked higher than you. Time to stand up and prove it. Prove that you can beat the Miami Dolphins. Prove you can be the best team in the NFL. Two, How about the Detroit Lions? They're playing so damn good. It's about time to start giving them their flowers. And number one, even though they lost, I went with San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco had that game taken from them, really. The referees, it was criminal how they helped Cleveland on their last drive. Regardless, though, San Francisco got the ball back. And like what Jalen Hurts and the Eagles couldn't do... Brock Purdy and the 49ers did go down the field, got themselves in a the field goal position, a 41-yarder, and Jake Moody just missed it. Now, hey, I mean, that's part of the game. Your special teams. There's three levels. Special teams let them down. But at the same time, I mean, you'd be a fool to sit there and tell yourself that the 49ers don't have... I mean, no Debo Samuel in that game, he got hurt early. You know, like the, Fred, I mean, uh, Trey Greenlaw didn't play. There, there, there were things going on for the 49ers there. Not to make excuses, but I mean, it just, if you think the 49ers aren't for real, then you don't really watch football, but right now they're number one. Now my top five for MVP, I have fifth, I have a tie, it's Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. Like I said, Jalen Hurts, I'm not going to, you know, obviously piss away everything for him because he had a bad 10 minutes of football. This guy's had an excellent Last couple weeks, in my opinion, besides the last, the fourth quarter of the game against the Jets. Fourth, I went with Patrick Mahomes. Third, I went with Tua Tagovaleo. Two, how about Jared Goff? Welcome to the standings. Jared Goff is like, it's, it's, you don't want to believe it, but like, this dude is playing out of his damn mind for the Lions. He's playing out of his mind. But number one remains the touchdown machine. He gets a touchdown every week, Christian McCaffrey. Sunday night, Eagles in Kelly Green uh, uniforms. The best uniforms in the in football, in my opinion. I wish they were the permanent uniforms. If they win, I hope that they could just make a rule that the Eagles could wear them the rest of the season. That would be great. Maybe Jeffrey Lurie will wake up and realize that, hey, we should be wearing these uniforms all the time. Uh They're so much cleaner, so much cooler, so much better than the stuff we have to wear right now. I'm going with an Eagles victory. I'm telling you, I just feel it. The Eagles win the game 34-30. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles.